Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. On the air and welcome in to everybody. Everybody that's uh, on the network. Good to have you on board today. Uh, I'm talking Packers and, uh, well, we're talking about a lot of stuff today. Uh, the breaking news of the day, Deshaun Watson out for the season. He had a shoulder fracture. A shoulder fracture. And uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns say they need um, uh, to do immediate surgery to avoid, uh, I guess, uh, more damage down the road. So his season has come to an end. In the meantime, you had Marquette get a nice win down in Illinois last night and beat up on the Fighting Illini. And uh, you got the Wisconsin Badgers that went on the road to Providence and got blown out. Now, Providence basketball is certainly better than Providence football, but not a great showing last night. And that drew out all of the uh, finger pointers that want to see changes in Wisconsin basketball as well. Was that a big disappointing loss last night, Grant, in your eyes? For this early in the season? So it's funny you ask. I'm just kind of writing some things down to talk about on my show tonight. I don't think that that game was massive. Like, that loss is not going to define their season. The problem is, and Ben Wurgle, who's on the Badgers beat, tweeted this last night, Wisconsin returns all five of their starters. Right, So much continuity, like 90% of their scoring. They brought it back. Same coach. Providence has a brand new head coach and seven new players, and you never would have guessed it looking at the game and watching the game last night. So I, I don't right. think that loss means the world, but Wisconsin is supposed to be meshing. They're supposed to know each other. They're supposed to get it because it's the same team as last year, and that did not appear to be the case last night. That's the problem. Right. Yeah, it uh, it was not a, not a good look by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I don't know. What are your expectations for Wisconsin Badger basketball this year? Oh, man. Uh, make the tournament? <laughs> take, take a step in the right direction compared to is last that, year? Is that it? Just Yeah, I was going to say, is that it? Just make the tournament? I, I don't know how I could reasonably expect anything else. They brought back the same team as last year, and last year's team stinks. I, they added A.J. Storr, and, and I actually like a lot of the recruits and, and some of the additions, but the bones and the foundation of the team is exactly the same. So I, I can't expect Sweet 16 and beyond. I'd like them to make the tournament, though. I don't think that's unreasonable. Right. Yeah, I uh, I know that there was some, you know, kind of discussion in the offseason like that. Eh, they need to get up in top four, top five in the conference. And I don't know if that's a reasonable expectation or not. I mean, like you said, they brought everybody back. You would assume that they would then just get better via osmosis. Um, but like you said, when you didn't have a good season last year and everybody was there, what makes you think that this year is going to be any better? And I, man, I don't know. This is a big year for Greg Gard. Big year for Greg Gard. I, I hope nothing but the best for them, but I, what we, uh, now again, uh, it's early in the season and they're not even into big 10 play or anything. And you're going to get better throughout the season. Everybody has one of those games, but. Man, um, I I get the feeling that we're starting to watch things begin to sink. Like, you know, they've always been kind of just sitting there, taking on water, but kind of holding their own. And a little disappointing, take on a little more water, a little more angst, a little more anger, you know. And you, you root like hell that, uh, you know, they turn this thing around and they really get on a roll and things begin to look really good, kind of the way we expect. And... And then a loss last night, man, you just, you're kind of seeing that, uh, 
you know, the just what's above the water line is just hanging on. And you hope that uh, they're able to bail it out a little bit quicker. Otherwise, you're going to watch this thing just slowly sink. And then you got to think that I, not that we want it, but you got to think that they would, uh, if they don't get into the tournament this year, they're not top four or five, that Chris McIntosh may make a change. My frustration with Greg Gard has always been, you know, these players, they come in and look great as freshmen. You get really excited about them. And then they just are kind of the same player their whole career. That was Brad Davison. Chucky Hepburn was good as a freshman, and he seems to be the same player. Like, no one's developing. No one's taking leaps and bounds, you know, as they as they go through their sophomore, junior, senior year. And I don't want to compare him to Bo Ryan because Bo Ryan's a legend, but Bo would have a program where the players, they'd come in, they wouldn't normally play as freshmen, but by seniors, you'd see all the development and all the, right. the growth that's taken place in, in the Wisconsin program, and you just don't see that now. Yeah. No, I, I get it. Um, the... Yeah, Bo was all – here's the thing. Bo also made you – like, he was old school. You had to earn your minutes. And part of the problem has been that, that Greg is that way too, and I appreciate that. But times have kind of changed. And when you talk about the level of talent and why are guys leaving and they're not staying at Wisconsin and you see some of these other basketball players that they discuss, but they don't come to Wisconsin. And Greg's kind of that way. Like, you have to earn it. you got to get better. you gotta, you got to work hard. The problem is that a lot of guys can go to a different program and they're just like, okay, you'll be a starter. Absolutely. You know, here you go. And, and you know, we're going to develop things around you, not you around us. And that's where the game has gone. And it's unfortunate because I believe in the old school way, but some of these guys you you got you to gotta kind of cater to. You, you got to bring a different mentality. And I just don't know if that's – progressed enough and I don't know I, I couldn't tell you I don't think it's progressed enough in Madison at least to, to what you hear you I, know? I think there's pros and cons to the way it's done now and the way that Bo Ryan did it I loved that in the olden days you know what 10 years ago that a player could come in as a freshman and develop and work on skills and learn in a program and they might not play for two or three years but when it got to their time to play they were ready and they were complete players and I think there were a lot of pros to that and there's pros to the way it's done now, where if you don't have playing time, you can go to a program to get reps into play. And I, I think that's great, but we've lost some of the development that could take place over the four-year college career. Right, right. Nope, completely agree. Uh, so you, you had Marquette got a win. UWM got beat by Colorado last night in Colorado. And the Badgers got uh, beat up on uh, last evening as well and uh, in Providence and now you come back, you regroup tournaments, uh, holiday tournaments and such are getting ready to get underway. And you're going to start seeing a lot of, you know, like the Maui Invitational and, and such and the uh, the Bahamas basketball. I think they still have the one in Atlantis. And uh, so you're going to start to see all the holiday tournaments get underway, and which is – those are cool because you can kind of see a little bit more competitive spirit playing in those preseason, if you will, pre, pre-conference tournaments. And uh, then you kind of get a better gauge too as to how that team's looking, how they're going to handle pressure. Uh, you know, you always talk about a team that's tournament tested. So if they do get to say to the finals or the semis, you can kind of see how they are in a tournament and pressure situations, especially moving forward. So, um, but, uh, but right now you're just kind of looking for, for a bounce back after uh, last night's contest. Got the Bucks uh, coming up tonight. Bucks are in Toronto taking on the Raptors tonight. Also, we have the Bill Michaels huddle tonight, six to eight. Uh, we're going to have a lot of, Sound out of the locker room today. Mike Clemens on site. Packers back in the practice field. 
and uh, getting ready for the Chargers coming to town. Lambeau Field noon kickoff coming up on Sunday. And don't forget, we're going to be at Burkle's one block over immediately following the game. We're going to be there. So if you want to come on by, say hi. Hopefully we're talking about a win and things looking better. We saw a little bit of better offense and offensive play on Sunday. Still too many mistakes, but we saw better play and uh, a little bit better receiving a little bit better running and such but uh, ultimately they did not get the win and they didn't put up uh, more than 20 points again so uh, that was disappointing but hopefully we uh, at least talk about a win but again Burkle's one block over the old champions right behind stadium view come on over immediately following the game from three to five we're going to be on the air coming up this Sunday um, got to get back to uh, some of the uh, some of the emails and uh, this is uh, from Marty Marty says Today is the day that you start trying to fix things and move forward. I, have to, I think you have to look at it as a brand new day if you're Matt LaFleur and this Packers staff. However, the same problems seem to, seem to plague this team week in and week out. If it's not the penalties, it's the drops. If it's not the drops, it's the fumbles. If it's not the fumbles, it's the bad passes. If it's not the bad passes, it's the bad route running. And if it's not the bad route running, it's pressure on the quarterback. Can they ever just put a full and complete game together? Marty, that's a great email. Because that's exactly what we've seen all season long. One week it's, you know, all the penalties and false starts and, and such. And then the next week it's, you know, you got a couple of drops, key drops, key moments, they, you know, third downs and such where they can't keep the drive alive. The next week you're going to be talking about maybe a fumble or two. The turnover category, the turnover margin for this team has not been great. We all know that. They're in the negative. You know, absolutely 110%. Or the, the offense starts to put it together and the defense becomes faulty uh, or, or just can't live up to expectations or can't get that big stop when they need it. it it's always been something. It's been something. You know, I 100% agree. I don't know. I think at this point in time, if you're Matt LaFleur, and I think what he did last week, even though people disagree with it, was correct. Because he had said something in his press conference about we got to fix – we got to fix this. He starts to go listen off all the problems. He said, well, we're going to concentrate on this. One of the things he concentrated on last week was the pre-snap penalties and fighting for the football out of his, out of his wide receivers. It was a concentration. And you saw a little bit more than that, and you also had a team that only had four penalties. So you don't want to negate it now. You don't want to forget about it because you, you can't ever think that everything is fixed. But at least you, you got through and said the pre-snap penalties and the stupid penalties – we have to get rid of, and they were much, much, much better at that last weekend. Now you got to move forward, and now you got to say, okay, we need better route running. Don't do it 100 miles an hour. You got to get off the line of scrimmage. You got to run your route. Don't round it off. Don't improvise. You know, to something that isn't supposed to be. Get to the window at the right time, and and start working on the. If you haven't already, start working on the trust between you and the quarterback. Because I think that's part of the problem with Jordan Love, too, is he doesn't just trust where the guys are going to be at the right time. I think that's part of it. So, And that's giving him a little bit of a pass. But sometimes, and this was some of the things that I was hearing the other night uh, out of Peyton Manning, and he was talking about it during the, during the game on, on Monday night. But he said, sometimes you just got to throw the ball. You just got to let it rip and, and, and throw it to where they're supposed to be. It's up to the receiver to get there. And if the receiver feels like – if I turn around and the ball's going to be here, then that receiver begins to trust the quarterback as well. So he, he has to work twice as hard on his technique to do the right things because the quarterback is doing the right thing by putting the ball in the right space at the right time, and it's up to you as a receiver to get there. 
It may look ugly in the beginning, but ultimately on film, when you go back in on Wednesday or you go back in on Monday or Tuesday or whenever you're going to look at the film and you look at it and go, I wasn't at the right place at the right time and I cost my guy a pick or I cost us an incompletion or I cost us the ability to convert on third down, that's on me. And the more you start getting focus on you, the more guys around you start to go, dude, you got to pick up your game. And that was a, a really interesting comment that Peyton Manning made during the Monday night game, which I thought uh, was was rather uh, kind of insightful towards what it is we've been discussing regarding the Packers. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Point Brewing. Point Brewing, as we know, they have the uh, the Cider Boys. They have the Grand Mimosa, which just came out. They have the Caramel Apple, which is fantastic. They always have the Lager and the Snow Pilot. Thanks to our friends at Point Brewing being a big part of the program. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The all new Potawatomi Casino Hotel has something you gotta see. Play more slots and games, and you could say, Show me the money! to reveal up to 10 grand each Thursday. 800,000 in prizes is up for grabs. 40 winners each week. This October and November at Potawatomi, Milwaukee, when you're ready to win, just say, show me the money. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino reminding you that uh, they have gaming. They have uh, terrific restaurants. Yeah. And uh, the hotel. Go to Potawatomi Hotel Casino if you're uh, planning just a you know, getaway weekend or their New Year's Eve party. It's PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. PaysBig.com. Good stuff from our friends at uh, Potawatomi. Um, let's do this. Uh, we got uh, bottom of the hour coming up. We're going to talk with Zach Halpern, remember. We're going to talk with him about uh, this Badgers football and basketball team and uh, kind of get into that a little bit. Um, I uh, Mark says, uh, do you believe who's going to get a win sooner? Is it going to be Badger basketball or Badger football? Um 
Badger basketball? I don't know. Who cares? As long as they get a win. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. This is from Jules. Jules says, uh, hey, Bill, I think that the, the Milwaukee Brewers are making a mistake by hiring Pat Murphy. I think they should go to a deeper pool with managerial experience. Uh, do you think Pat Murphy's just getting the job to keep continuity and to groom Ricky Weeks? We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Um, I don't know. I think Pat Murphy has the ability to manage. Okay, I don't doubt that. He's been sitting with Craig Council for quite some time. He knows the inner workings. He's part of the whole statistical analysis group. You know, they they set their game plans up. I, I mean, he's been a part of that. So I, I don't I don't doubt that he has the ability to manage. What I do think is the organization wanted to begin to groom Ricky Weeks. There's only 30 of those jobs. So Pat Murphy was offered the manager's job, and he took it. Clearly, they didn't feel that Ricky was ready for the job yet, but they wanted to make him the bench coach. The question is, was that something the organization wanted, or was that something that Pat Murphy suggested? You have to have a guy. And I wonder, There's this is twofold, I wonder – you got to have a guy that you trust and you can truly talk to and who has no fear in talking to you. It's not like he's going to disagree with you and you're going to fire the guy. Now, if you continually become combative, obviously there's a, a you know, a non-workable relationship there. But you got to have a guy. You know, everybody's got somebody in their life, right? You know, whatever you do in your in your work life or whatever, you you know, there's there's people that you respect that you can talk to. And they, you can say, hey, what, are you, what do you think? And they'll give you their opinion. They'll go, hmm, and it makes you think, right? So I wonder, first of all, how much Craig Council relied upon Pat Murphy and what that's going to do to Craig Council's managerial capability in Chicago not having Pat Murphy. And then secondly, does Pat feel like he was really able to choose his guy or this is a guy that was forced on him to where the organization didn't even feel that he was going to be capable of managing the team, but, oh, by the way, be the bench manager and suck up all the information you can from Pat Murphy, who will groom you to take his job, right? So how do you feel about that relationship? And do you already have a true dialogue back and forth between you and your bench coach, which in this case is Ricky Weeks? I'm, I'm fascinated to see how all of this works out. And if there's a working relationship there, you really need a guy that is, I, I call, I kind of call, I call him the sub program. If you go by the computer analysis, you always got like the page you have open on your, on your computer. And then you've got other pages that, that are running behind it, right? You got other things that are going on. That's what a bench coach is. He's trying to also figure out other things too and giving you options. And whether he agrees with you or disagrees with you, but he's always trying to give you options, something that you might not as a manager have thought of. And you wonder what that working dynamic is with Ricky Weeks. So I don't know. I don't know that they made a bad decision, Jules, but I I certainly hope they made the right one. But I'm interested now, now that we pretty much know, and they did make it, by the way, official uh, today. Uh, the press conference hasn't taken place, obviously, but they did make it official by posting it over on, uh, you know, their their page. The Milwaukee Brewers posted that about an hour ago, as a matter of fact, and uh, posted that Pat Murphy is the new manager 
of the Milwaukee Brewers. So at some point, I'm sure we're going to have uh, the press conference, uh, which is, you know, not probably not far off. But uh, but yeah, they made it official today. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Monty says, hey, I saw the Kurt Bankert tweet yesterday. Exactly what you guys were talking about and exactly what it is I was thinking. Why did Matt LaFleur seem to get so testy? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 again, I hate to go back to that, but the only thing, I, I understand what he's saying. I really do. I understand everything about what Matt LaFleur had to say and the, the technical aspect of it and how they view it, okay? But don't demean the knowledge of those that are actually watching these and have a little bit of knowledge of these games, these plays, these schemes, and what have you, especially the people that are up there every day. They they know it too. You know, whether they self-school or they get schooled by other players or whatever. I mean, I I I knew a little bit coming in. I sat for a long time next to Brian Noble, who would sit down with me. We would look at film, and he would tell me what to look for and how to watch film. And it opened my eyes from college to the NFL. And, you know, there, there's such a vast difference in what you're looking for. So you kind of know it. Now, there's different terminology and different things, but you know what a down lineman is as opposed to a stand-up outside rusher, an edge guy, you know. You know, down lineman to me is the interior lineman, is the down 3.4-point stance lineman, interior, exterior, whatever, you know. But it was merely semantics of terminology. But the question was valid on its face. It really was. So why, I don't know. Maybe it's just in the defense of Joe Barry because he defended Joe Barry and because he kept Joe Barry. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And I don't think he's ever going to get into that and answer that again, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he wants to go down that rabbit hole. But I I, I understand where you're coming from. So it, it, it may – you're never going to win battles, never, with the media. You're never going to win. There's going to be things unless you handle it a certain way. Nick Saban, for all that he does – the way what he does is he bullies the media because he's the only show in town. Same thing with Lincoln Riley out in USC. When it comes to USC football, that's it. And he can feel like right now, now he's not winning, so he's not on top of the world anymore, but he was. And he tried to bully the media to the point where finally the media fought back and said, no, you're not going to do that. When he didn't like uh, the re, a reporter who had caught a, a mere, very vanilla, innocuous comment from a player and put that into a story. Lincoln Riley got all bent out of shape about it. One of his people suspended and credentials were yanked. But some of these guys feel like they can control you in what you think and say. Or they get testy, like Grant said earlier, that, you know, we're the novices. We're not, you know, we're not in the NFL. We've never played. We don't know what we're talking about. And, well, if you're in, well, this is what we in the league call, in other words, the backhanded shot of, well, you're not one of us. Okay, you're right. But you're also not one of us. And whether it's a writer or a commentator or a talk show host or a fan, there are certain things that we see. And they're obvious. And specifically in Green Bay, Packers fans are not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. Not at all. Been st- this has been the thing. Like when you're born in the state of Wisconsin, it's, it's, 
I don't know how many babies have probably been, you know, swaddled in Packers gear, whether it's a green G blanket or whatever. I mean, you grow up, you're kind of infused into it. So you, you know it, you get it. You're not stupid. So I don't know what he was trying to prove. I, I really don't, but it is what it is. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. And uh, Zach Halperin is going to join us. We're going to talk with him. Badger football, Badger basketball, all of that kind of stuff. It's right around the corner. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Northern Lights Event Venue. Still some openings. If you are looking for a, a nice, quaint place to uh, host a party, whether it's a you know small gathering of employees, a uh, group of friends, whatever, go to northernlightseventvenue.com. It's right there on the Milwaukee River Walk. Beautiful once you get towards Christmas. northernlightseventvenue.com. That's Northern Lights Event Venue. Dot com and see for yourself. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show, we continue on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Skipper Buds. Skipper Buds! If you're looking for uh, a deal in the offseason, they've got them and new ones rolling in. So uh, continually uh, continue to contact our friends out there at Skipper Buds. Skipper Buds, good stuff. Uh, Zach Halperin joining us. Uh, and Zach, I, where do you want to start? You want to start with the loss last night or what the, uh, the Badgers need to do going into this weekend's contest football-wise? Wait, we have to talk Badgers today? Is that, is that a requirement? <laughs> I mean, oh, I don't think anybody's going to want to hear how down I am right now about what's happening in both sports. But uh, since it's fresh, let's talk basketball. We can start with basketball if you want. So they go to Providence and just got drilled. Now, do you chalk it up as uh, just an off night? Or do you start to look at this and go, oh, my goodness, uh, this is some kind of an indicator of something that may not get better this season? I tend to lean towards the second half of that, Bill. I, I mean, there was a image last night of them, 92% of their scoring returns. Well, that's 92% of scoring from a team that could not score last year. So is that right. a positive thing that you have all that scoring back? My, uh, my, my biggest issue here is I'm usually someone that will always give – a team early in the season, the benefit of the doubt. But when you return all five starters from last year, you add some nice pieces and you look like a team that's never played together. And you look like a team that doesn't want to be there. It's very hard to buy into that. So I'm now leaning towards, you have to show me that you're a good team now before I can believe it. I usually get benefit of the doubt, but this team is not, has not taken any steps. It would appear, and again, three games in, it would appear they have not taken any steps from what ailed them last year. They are worse defensively. It appears significantly worse, at least, again, early. And offensively, they have not taken a big leap, which is exactly what they needed after what happened last year. So I am, uh, I'm extremely down uh, with that performance last night. You can, and again, sometimes shots fall, sometimes they don't. But you can always play hard. And if your coach, who notoriously does not come out and rip, rip guys in public, is doing that exact thing, which is what Greg Gar did after the game, he even called out Tyler Wall and Stephen Crowell for their inability to finish in the paint, that's not good. You're three games in the season, and this is already what's happening. I don't think it bodes well for them. But again, early, early in the year. 
scoring was atrocious last night. They didn't even, you know, be a past 60. Uh, but they had no answer for Devin Carter. And defensively, this team has always been at least a stout defensive team. Devin Carter just almost seemed to have his way last night. And that became bothersome as well. Because if you look, if you're not scoring, that's one thing. Maybe you can get some defensive stops, get some boards, kind of keep it close. They couldn't do that last night. And that's what worried me more than anything. They are one of the worst, again, they are one of the worst two-point defenses in the country. I mean, they're shoot, the teams are shooting well over 50% against them on two-pointers. And you can see why. Because they don't have anybody that's willing to stand up and, and make a stop in the middle of the lane. And they can't stay in front of guys. Max Klesman struggled mightily to stay in front of guys. A lot of, a lot of uh, free driving lanes, both against Tennessee and against Providence. And those are... I mean, obviously, Tennessee's a top-10 team. Providence may be better than what we thought going into the year, but those are the type of teams you're going to play on a nightly basis in the Big Ten. So the fact that you can't stay in front of them does not, again, bode well for your future. Yes, uh, defense has always been something that they could hang their hat on, even when they weren't scoring, but they cannot hang their hat on it right now. And I'm sure, I'm sure that is what – the offense is what it is. I'm sure that's what – Greg Gard is bothered by probably as much as anything. Uh, now I want to go over to the football side. And, uh, well, I, let, let me say this about basketball. I agree with you. It's three games in. You've got a little bit of time to kind of right the ship. But uh, what is the expectation on your end for Badger basketball this year? Because in the offseason, we were talking top four, top five finish in the Big Ten. Get better. Get yourself to the tournament. Let's see some progress. What is your expectation? Well, I mean, my expectation before the Tennessee game was the same that everyone else had for them, right? I mean, they were picked to finish fifth in the league. That sounded about right. Make the tournament, maybe make it through to the second weekend. But after what you saw last night, I don't feel confident at all in either one of those things happening. So I think the expectation still needs to be make the NCAA tournament. If they don't make the tournament, well, then we're talking about something else with uh, with Greg Gard. I mean, that that's a conversation that probably – I know fans are having my mentions on Twitter are certainly, uh, you know, right. about that, whether his, his long-term future, if they don't make the tournament, that's a conversation that is certainly going to be had and, and probably deservedly so. So to me, it's still make the tournament. I mean, that's the expectation. It has to be like the minimal expectation. Uh, which I uh, agree. And by the way, I uh, sympathize with you last night because as I said, I got home late uh, last evening and I started to check my Badger uh, Twitter uh, account and oh my goodness, it was <laughs> it was throttling yeah. at times last night. Uh, now I want to go to the football side of things. Uh, a bad loss last week to Northwestern. What are you looking for this week? I mean, there's only a few games left in the season, but what is this team? Is it just about getting bowl eligible and then see what you can do? Or, or what are you looking for? I mean, bowl eligibility is obviously something that they have hung their hat on. I mean, they've done it every year since 2002. So um, breaking that streak would obviously be significant. These are rivalry games, and I put rivalry in quotes when it comes to Nebraska. Uh, they do have a rivalry trophy with these guys, um, but Nebraska's never won it. Wisconsin hasn't lost to Nebraska since 2012. So, I mean, I, I guess it's about rivalry games. I guess it's about uh, getting bowl eligible. But how disappointing is that, Bill? At this point, mm -hmm. this is what we're talking about here on November 15th about rivalry games and bowl eligibility. That's not what this season was supposed to be about. So right. it's very uh, obviously disappointing for fans, and I know that the players are disappointed. My, I guess what I'm looking for is, is fight. 
because that first half against Northwestern on Saturday was very similar to what we saw last night, the first half against um, against Providence, just a lack of passion, a lack of putting things together. And, you know, we heard about it after the game from a number of guys saying, you know, maybe some of these guys are not bought in. Maybe there's some issues in the locker room in terms of guys wanting to play and wanting to be there and doing the things necessary to win games. I don't think that's probably what Luke Fickle had uh, circled as something that he thought he was going to have to deal with in his first year. But I, I, looking for fight because they put up zero fight in the first half against Northwestern. You let a team like that, that's just is better than anyone expected, right? Basically going into the season. But that team should not put 21 straight points on you any, ever. It just right. shouldn't happen. So, what, yes, figure it out a way. What do Go you ahead, make sorry. of players? No, what do you make of players calling out other players for toughness and playing soft? To me, you know, if it's kind of like it's it's got to be something that you've already said behind closed doors. But if you've got guys that are that are pissed, saying, "Hey, some of these guys, they're not they're not cutting it, man. They don't even have heart. They don't have toughness. They're playing soft." I I appreciate that, but to me, that's always the the sign that okay, it's about to blow. So so what do you make of that for Luke Fickle's first year to where you've got a team that even its own players are calling out other players saying you're soft. Well, I can tell you that Wisconsin obviously didn't like it because normally they allow you to request players on Tuesday. Yesterday they just gave us six guys, and this is it. That's You can't request anybody else, and Hunter Wohler was not among them. And Hunter was obviously the big one that spoke the way that he did uh, after the game on Saturday. Uh, it felt like a talking point from Luke Fickle in his postgame speech uh, because he came in, he goes, this is what I told him in the locker room. And, you know, he kind of refuted that he talked about he was questioning whether they bought in, but if you go back and listen to his post-game press, press conference, he was saying, we're going to find out who wants to be here, which is essentially questioning people's buy-in and who's bought in and that type of stuff. Um, I'll, I, I kind of think at times, Bill, and, and maybe there's like, there's like a little bit of a timeline or a, uh, an outline of things that happen when your season goes wrong. And we're at the point now where people aren't bought in. And before it was, we still have everything in front of us. And each loss just piles up and it goes to the next thing. And I think this is where Luke Fickle's at on the chart is, is questioning people and whether they want to be there and whether they want to be bought in. And I think that was kind of kind of the message. And, and Hunter Waller came out and, and said it publicly. I have zero problem with him doing it. I assume it was certainly something that was talked about in the locker room. Um, but as of right now, there's, I mean, they were talking about weeding guys out. It doesn't look like they did that. So, uh, it kind of felt, feels like more of a talking point than it actually is like something that would actually happen. You know what I mean? Right. No, I completely agree. Three straight losses. They haven't been able to score more than a couple of touchdowns uh, over the last three games. Nebraska coming to town, NBC, Saturday night, under the lights. How big of a game is this to put the train back on the tracks? Well, I mean, it's a huge game to put the, uh, game, uh, the team and, and everything back on the tracks. But in the big scheme of things, what does it matter? As, you know what I mean? Like uh, the, the fan base is already upset with what has happened. I think, it, look, if you're able to finish with two wins, finish seven and five, I think that's fine. But it's still a failure. It's still a failure based on right. what the expectations were coming into the season. And whether those were expectations that we put on them or that they put on themselves, they clearly talked about championships all the time that I think no matter what happens these last two games, yeah, you get a couple of rivalry trophies, and I think the axe is obviously significant, but it's still a failure of a first season. And whether you win these two or not, that's just what it's going to be. So um, is it a big game? Sure. But this, uh, 
this has a, a lot to do, I think, more to do with whether he has the players' ears and whether they're still locked in. If they come out and put together a performance like they did against Northwestern, we'll have our answer. Um, but otherwise, I, it's, it's just another game. Are you surprised? At the way this season has gone, I mean, you know, sometimes a first-year head coach, he's got to kind of feel his way through it. And I, I know he had a lot of success at Cincinnati right away and recruited that area extremely well, came with a lot of expectation when he took the job. And I, I had not seen expectations and anticipation for a season so high in a long, long, long time regarding Wisconsin Badger football. But was there too much expectation on our part, or are you surprised the way things have gone that maybe in Luke Fickle's regime they just haven't done enough? There's a lot of, that's a, that's a very big question and there's a lot to it. I think, did we put too, too many expectations on a team? Probably. I mean, we were talking about this team, like they were top 10 in the country to start and they, and they weren't, they didn't, I mean, they were a team that was just barely above 500 last year and they returned a lot of those guys from last year. Now they added from the portal, but some of the guys they added from the portal, maybe we put a little bit too much on them as well. But it all comes back to, to them, Bill, because they talked about winning championships. They talked about competing for championships. They did that when um, Chris McIntosh made the hire. Luke Fickle said he's, he's there to compete for championships. That's why, that's why they made the hire, and they talked about it all off season. And they, they said, we're, we're playing our best ball at the end of the year. We're going to be in position to compete for championships. So they, they, they hammered that home. Um, so that uh, did they – I know injuries certainly have played a role, losing Ches Malusi was so big to this offense, the only true, you know, explosive player, explosive, explosive player in the backfield. That all plays into it. But they're the one they're the ones to talk championships. And uh, for them to be in the spot that they're at right now is just a huge, huge disappointment and to be fair, a, a failure of uh, in in year one. Now they he was he was I think he went four and eight in his first year at Cincinnati. He was asked whether this was more difficult than that. And he said, absolutely. And because expectations were so much higher and uh, they have not come anywhere close to meeting them. Yeah, no doubt. Zach, always good stuff, man. Hopefully we see a couple of wins, at least to appease the anger for a while and the upset <laughs> stomach. And then we get back out. I appreciate it, pal. All right. Sounds good, Bill. Thank you. Talk to you soon. There you go. Zach Halperin joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Good stuff. Good to talk to Zach and uh, get into that discussion a little bit regarding Badger basketball and football. Last night was was bad early in the season. You know, you kind of just reserve judgment. You don't want to be uh, jumping on the, the negative side bandwagon too quickly. Um, but it was not a, a good look, I guess is to say the very least. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Got a lot more to get to. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, coming up after the top of the hour. We're going to run around the rest of the NFL, including the story of the day, and that is the fact that Deshaun Watson out for the remainder of the season, broken bone in his shoulder, requires surgery immediately. So his season for 2023-2024 is done. you got a big one coming up tonight. Joe Burrow on the road taking on Lamar Jackson. That's going to be Thursday night football. And that's a must-win for Cincinnati, in my opinion. Uh, and meanwhile, Baltimore on top of that division and looking to extend that lead as well in that division. Now that Cleveland has lost their quarterback, Pittsburgh, I don't know what to make of them. So if they can give the knockout blow to Cincinnati, Cincinnati may not even be able to climb back into a playoff spot. They're on the outside looking in right now on the wild card. So uh, a big one tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. We'll talk a lot about that coming up just after the top of the hour. Mark Schofield. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show.
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on the air. Coming up after the top of the hour, we got Mark Schofield, SB Nation, coming up here in about five minutes. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Dennis writes in the email inbox that it's sad and embarrassing that LaFleur's boss, Mark Murphy, doesn't sit LaFleur down and tell him to shut up and inform him how stupid he comes across defending a defensive coordinator who's never been successful, a D.C. who's always been horrible against the run, a D.C. who's never been able to put his his knowledge into positive results on the field, a D.C. who's been fired twice, a D.C., who no other team would have hired. It gets more pathetic by the day having Matt LaFleur stand up uh, for Joe Barry because he's so insecure and weak as a leader to replace a coach who's never succeeded in the position. LaFleur let Mo Drayton destroy a great season. He's letting Barry destroy a very talented defense. Uh, LaFleur continues to prove he values friendships with his staff more than he does winning and more than being respected. That philosophy is why he is failing and has zero chance to turn this team back into a winner. As a reminder, the Lions will score at least 40 against the Packers on Thanksgiving Day, and Dan Campbell will bully LaFleur on national TV. Hopefully after that, LaFleur and Barry will be fired so they can go back to being assistant coaches with other teams. That's uh, from Dennis. Dennis, appreciate the email. Um, This is from uh, Henry says, uh, I uh, think Matt LaFleur sounds like a guy who feels like he's grasping for straws or the final rope before he falls off the boat. Uh, This one is from Michael, and uh, he says, is it me or does it seem like Matt LaFleur is at a job interview doing his press conference? He answers questions now three to four minutes long like he has to actually justify his actions. And going all the way back to Lindy and Fonte days, he used to say, got to give the opponent credit. I see our guys battling. It's become a broken record. Every week, LaFleur says the same things. I truly believe Barry isn't going anywhere as long as Matt LaFleur is the head coach. So it's going to fall on Goody's lap. Will he or will he not put an end to this? And that's from Michael. And it kind of goes from there. We've got a couple more uh, emails that we'll get into a little bit uh, a little bit later on. But, uh, but yeah, I got quite a few during the, the last 
Last uh, interview with our guy, Zach Heilprin. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the rest of the NFL. There's The NFL is really starting to take shape. And we're at the midway point of the season, the unofficial midway point of the season. you got a really big one coming up tomorrow night. The AFC is a close battle. We went through it yesterday where 14 of the teams from top to bottom are divided by three games. I mean, it's 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 <laughs> there's only a couple of teams that aren't in it. Uh, everybody else is in it. And the NFC, a little bit different, but uh, there is a lot of quality in the NFC as well. So we're going to talk about all of that with Mark Schofield coming up just after the top of the hour, so stay tuned. And uh, we'll also talk about quarterback play, some of the better quarterbacks and emerging quarterbacks in the National Football League. And we'll find out where he thinks Jordan Love is at this point. But you look at a guy like uh, C.J. Stroud down in Houston. You've had a comeback, and we all started to believe in Joe Burrow again in Cincinnati, but then they had a, a clunker like they had last week against C.J. Stroud and company. But then again, he's missing Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and some of his guys are banged up. Defensively, they're a little bit nicked up. So can you just blame it on can you just blame it on the injuries at this point until they kind of reconfigure? But if they don't win tomorrow night, that might be the final blow for them. And we'll talk more about that and everything regarding the NFL coming up just after the top of the hour. Stay right where you're at. Two down, two to go. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.